stock markets are fueled by stunning results from Nvidia as bonds also rally on morose PMI data released across Europe and the US yesterday. Crude oil weakens on demand worries and well, the investors' attention will gently start shifting towards Jerome Powell's Jackson Hole speech due tomorrow. So welcome. This is Swiss Coats Daily Market Talk. Amazing, simply amazing, NVIDIA announced stunning results when it released its second quarter earnings yesterday after the bell. The company reported 13.5 billion US dollar sales last quarter, so that was well above its 11 billion US dollar projection and said that it expects 16 billion US dollar sales for the next quarter, up from 12.6 billion US dollar forecast last quarter and now I obviously believe them and oh earnings also jumped 2.70 dollar per share versus 2.09 dollar expected by analysts and they also approved 25 billion US dollar worth in share buybacks I mean there is nothing that an investor could ask for more at this stage the market expectations were you know sky high I mean the Company expectations were sky high. The market expectation were sky high. The results went to the moon and the forecast for this quarter is stunning as well, the company is now expected to earn around 30 billion US dollars in the fiscal year 2024 as Nvidia is not and will not be concerned about the industry-wide slope in chips demand and that's thanks to a decent surge in demand for the AI processors as you know in data centers. So it looks like magic is actually happening for Nvidia. So the stock price jumped 10% in the after hours trading to flirt with the $518 per share level and that was pretty much what the option markets forecasted and well the rally in Nvidia shares is on guys because Nvidia will be jumping above the $500 psychological level today and will likely advance from there on the top side. Now I know that not everyone is happy with the Nvidia's stunning results. I myself was very very skeptical that Nvidia would actually report such sky high results yesterday but Nvidia sure has a boosting effect on technology stocks if nothing by confirming that all the talk in the latest quarters was not empty talk and the results are there. So Nasdaq futures are up by around 1.23% at the time I'm talking here. This morning the S&P 500 futures are also in the positive territory this morning and further good news is that the yields are down from Europe to the US on meager PMI numbers released yesterday and that is obviously the perfect combo for the technology stocks which have so far this year been unquestionably the best the best place to be for investors in the S&P 500 because S&P 500 technology stocks rallied more than 35% since the beginning of this year and they obviously do have more to gain. They are followed by well consumer discretionary stocks which gained almost 
around 30% since the beginning of this year. So that's double the gains recorded by the S&P 500 stocks on average. Then we have industrials and materials uh, that also posted some meager, meager performances since the beginning of this year. They were mostly held back by the slow Chinese growth and could actually remain under pressure moving forward if the global economic data will continue showing uh, weakness, even though the US actually does stand out compared to the rest of the world. And well, the worst price to be for investors this year was utilities, apparently, where stocks actually died by more than 10%. And this trend could actually continue in an environment of rising yields and high inflation, which makes actually low risk investments like in treasuries or money market funds, well, much more attractive. I mean, why would anyone, why would any investor buy utility stocks, boring utility stocks, which on average pay around 3.5% yield rather than, well, six months treasury bill that's almost risk-free and that pays 5.5%, right? Or why not Nvidia, which, well, keeps announcing amazing, stunning results quarter after quarter. Anyway, the US two-year yield dips below the 5% psychological mark after the PMI releases as both manufacturing and services PMI in the US fell unexpectedly in August, adding a layer of complexity, actually, to the latest US economic data, as the US economic data was so far, well, so strong that Atlanta Fed's GDP now forecast for the third quarter picked up to 5.8% last week, remember? So this week's PMI figures, the weak PMI figures in the US, come as a cold shower to investors who have been actually trimming their recession odds. Plus, well, these mortgage applications in the US tumbled more than 4% last week, according to the latest data. The payrolls in the US, so the payrolls benchmark, show that there could be a more than 300,000 downside revision to job additions in the US. Though, you should note that this number is still better than half a million downside revision for the payrolls expected by analysts, and payrolls remain strong on a monthly basis even after that revision. But back to my PMI talk, the soft US PMI numbers came right after soft European PMI figures yesterday because August PMI numbers in Europe printed even worse numbers than the ones printed in the US yesterday. The manufacturing PMI in Europe was well, actually slightly better than expectations, slightly better than last month, but well below the 50 threshold, so in the contraction zone. And more discreetingly, the euro area's services PMI slipped below that 50 level, so 2D contraction zone and that was for the very first time since January this year. And what's even more discreeting, what's even more worrying in this PMI number is that, well, it falls into the contraction zone for the busiest summer month for mass holidays in Europe. So the future actually doesn't look promising to me for European economic activity. And as a result of these weak results, well, traders now price around 40% chance for a 25 basis point hike in the European Central Bank's next monetary policy meeting. So that's down from 55% before the PMI release and the euro dollar tested the 200 day moving average to the downside yesterday. And the pair remains under the pressure of rising dovish voices from the European Central Bank. Those and the European bond markets 
also rally. The German 10-year yield, for example, fell more than 5.5% at yesterday's trading session. And we see exact same gloom across the channel in Britain because all British PMI figures that were released yesterday were well below 50 and they came in worse than expected by analysts pushing cable shortly below its 100-day moving average, which stands near the 126.35 level. The euro pound, on the other hand, fell to a fresh year low as the continent, the old continent, is now expected to join the UK in its economic demise. So, this being said, I really think that it's still good to keep in mind for investors that these slow PMI numbers are one thing that could eventually actually convince the Fed and the ECB and uh, the Bank of England to slow down on their rate normalizing policies, but they won't be enough if inflation remains high. So the European Central Bank, as the Fed, as the Bank of England, won't hesitate to push the economies into further economic trouble if if inflation numbers don't come down toward their 2% monetary policy target. So, the set of Morel's economic data still kept the US grid below the $80 per barrel level at yesterday's trading session, even though the US inventories died more than 6 million barrels for the second consecutive week last week. Now, trend and momentum indicators remain comfortably negative for the US crude and the market conditions are actually far from the oversold territory. So that simply means for traders that there is still room for a deeper downside correction in oil prices from the actual levels. Now, the key level here to watch is the $78.40 level, which is the major 38.2% Fibonacci retracement on the latest rally in oil prices, and which should, if broken, to the downside call the end of the actual rally and call for a bearish review which would then pave the way for a further fall in crypto prices toward the 200-day moving average, which stands near the $75.80 per barrel level for the US crypto. So this is all for today. I'm Ipek Oskardeshke, and thank you for joining me, and thank you for all your messages and feedbacks. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments, your reactions and your questions below as usual. And follow us on Instagram, on X and on LinkedIn for regular market updates. And subscribe, of course, to our YouTube channel for daily market comments. I will meet you again tomorrow. And until then, good day trading.